Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of The James Wilson Show. My name is James Wilson, and today we will be getting to more coronavirus news, as the bill in the Senate did not pass. We'll get to many politicians' reactions, including Nancy Pelosi's and Mitch McConnell's. Stay tuned, this is The James Wilson Show. All right, so before we get into the bill and what the bill provided, obviously it was to provide financial stability to the American public as we are in a crisis with the coronavirus. We'll get into all of that in just one second, but before, as you know, we do a daily coronavirus update before we get into the show. So the numbers have spiked dramatically since when we last talked about the coronavirus and some more updated statistics, so we'll get right into them. So first, with total confirmed cases, 372,563,000. Now, this number is getting significantly higher, and we'll get into why this is in just a second. But it is important to mention that the U.S. is has taken third place in total confirmed cases. Again, not a good thing to be in third place in this case, with a total of 41,708 total cases, just behind Italy with 63,927, and China, who obviously has the most cases because this is where the disease originated, at 81,496 cases you will start to see that the total confirmed cases in the United States is going to spike dramatically. This might possibly be one of the worst weeks uh, we have in terms of how many confirmed cases there are, and that is because testing is being able to be provided. More and more people are being tested. It's more accessible in the United States, which will mean that there are people who already had the coronavirus case, uh, case of the coronavirus, but they just didn't know it until now. And so as we get more testing kits available, like the United States is doing right now, we'll see a spike in that number. And again, this is already a huge spike. We used to be behind South Korea, which still only has 8,961. Again, South Korea was very prepared for this as they had been able to deal with some of these diseases in the past. Hopefully, as the United States continues, they'll be able to follow in South Korea's footsteps to limit the amount of total coronavirus cases. So total deaths of the coronavirus so far have been 16,381. Now, 3,000 of them have been in China. And if you start to look, when Italy first surpassed China, it wasn't, but it was by a small mar- margin. But now Italy has the most deaths by far, almost twice the amount China has with 6,077. So Italy is still leading you know, the death count for the coronavirus, sadly, this thing has been hard to contain around the world. The United States is not not up there yet, but we could possibly see it as more cases are being confirmed and, you know, we see more deaths in the United States. On to some more positive news, 100,885 people have recovered from the coronavirus. So while we have been seeing dramatic deaths and confirmed cases, we've actually seen a lot of people recover from the coronavirus, which is good, but not in the sense that 6,000 people, 16,000, my bad, people have already recovered. All right, so now we will be getting to the normal news surrounding coronavirus and the big 
update, the big news story, current event that we will be focusing on today was a bill that did not pass that was expected by many to pass the Senate and give relief and money to United States citizens who make under a certain amount of money just because of how the how the coronavirus has affected many American citizens, not only public health-wise, which I've been saying for a while, but also economically, as the Dow Jones has been sinking even further, below 20,000, wiping out everything Trump has been able to do at this point. So let's get into a little bit of what this bill actually did. So Fox News reports, central to the package is as much as $350 billion for small businesses to keep making payroll while workers are forced to stay home and billions in loans to airlines and other industries. Senate Republicans like McConnell and Thune slammed Pelosi on Monday, claiming that she returned from recess and sabotaged all bipartisan efforts in the upper chamber. So part of the package was to provide immediate relief to small businesses and other businesses who are going to have a hard time paying their employees. Now, Speaker Pelosi actually got kind of mad about this, saying that this bill seemed to focus more on businesses than it did actually workers. However, this doesn't make very much sense because it's the businesses that keep the workers healthy you know, alive and have a job. Obviously, if you don't have a job, you're either going to have to rely on the government or you have a lot of money, you're retired already. Many people rely on these businesses that they work for, for food and healthcare and all sorts of things. So so for Nancy Pelosi to suggest that this, this is helping businesses more than people, no, businesses are the ones that are helping the people. If you can keep these businesses afloat, the less people these businesses will have to let go or fire because they can't pay their employees. So, so to suggest this is absolutely you know, crazy. If you provide relief for these businesses, you'll keep more people in work. If you keep more people in work, that's good because you have people who are able, you know, to gain money. They're not relying on the government. And these businesses have provided a very strong economy for the United States. You need businesses to run. There's Democrats often portray businesses as bad. But what businesses do is they act in accordance with what people want. You know, they provide goods and services for what people want. So by keeping by you know giving them money by keeping them afloat you are helping their workers and you're also helping the american economy for the american good so there's a lot of money going into this package to help provide relief to not only businesses but people this was estimated to cost around anywhere from 1.4 to 1.8 trillion dollars so this is a lot of money <laughs> a lot of money and new york times points something out about this they say, quote, the idea to funnel cash directly to millions of Americans to help them whether the whether the economy economic disaster ravaging the globe amid the coronavirus pandemic got its jumpstart not from the liberal left, but from a more unlikely source, the most conservative reaches of the Republican Party. Recognizing a loom, looming calamity, calamity for anxious people who are losing their incomes because of a government-ordered shutdown of much of the nation's economy, some senators who would normally be expected to block a direct federal payout to the poorest Americans, potentially costing $500 billion or more, instead got behind it early. 
The idea is at the heart of emerging economic stabilization package, whose price tag has has was swelling beyond one trillion on Saturday, as top Republicans and Democrats and Trump administration officials drew closer to an agreement that could be en- enacted within days. Quote, I believe we were poised to deliver the significant relief that Americans need with the speed that this crisis demands. Senator Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky and Majority Leader, said in a statement Saturday night before a test vote on Sunday meant to pave the way for passage of the package on Monday. Now, since then, actually, the bill was not able to pass. Nancy Pelosi came in and told Democrats, you know, this had been a bipartisan bill. This was widely expected to pass. Um, you know, Nancy Pelosi came in and told them not to vote for it. So, Democrats come in, Nancy Pelosi, to tell Democrats to not vote for it because they want a new deal that would add in some extra, you know, details that obviously Republicans don't like. And a lot of people are mad about this. But before we get into that, let's actually talk about why this package would actually help the economy and why Republicans are in support of it. So as New York Times says, you know, you would you would think this to come from the liberal left, not the Republican Party. And as I've said before, there's been some bipartisan agreement on this. So it's kind of come from both parties, but it is fair to mention that Republicans have got behind it early and have been supporting it. Now, the reason this is different is because we're in a little different times than normal. This is These are ideas, these are bills and resolutions that Democrats want to pass all the time. This is a bill that Republicans want to do a one-time thing to help the economy and to help businesses. In no way, shape, or form do Republicans want this to continue on forever. So this is in contrast to specifically Andrew Yang's idea, as this bill will provide $1,200 to many Americans above the age of 18. Many Democrats are saying, why do Republicans all of a sudden agree with Andrew Yang? No, Republicans don't agree with Andrew Yang because Andrew Yang wants to do this every month. And we're fighting over the cost of this already as Republicans. This is something that Andrew Yang would want to do every month. So Republicans aren't standing by Democratic Democrat ideas to do this every month, to do this every year. This is a one-time thing because the times are a little different. Just think about five months ago, the economy was doing great. The unemployment rate was incredibly low. Trump talks about lots of these things at the State of the Union. And then the coronavirus hit. It's a pandemic. All of a sudden, the Dow Jones crashes 33%, wiping out everything Trump has done for us. We're in a little different times just because things are desperate right now. And in times of war, Republicans aren't arguing to slash the government budget so that so that the government can't defend them, uh, defend the American people from foreign powers. That's obviously not what Republicans are suggesting. But now, because we're in a pandemic, this is why some of even the most deeply conservative representatives and senators have gotten behind this bill. So it's a little different just because of the situation we're in, the coronavirus. Now, one thing I will be suggesting and talking about later in more episodes on on the James Wilson show is whether we're actually doing too much in separate solutions for this. 
Now, because we're sending so much money, is this something that's going to become more permanent? Is this something that we're going to expect more when we're in these different crises? And then additionally, to ask the question, will this increase the power and influence the government has in our lives? We'll get to all of that in some of the future episodes. Really excited for a Give Me Liberty short coming up where we actually talk about in different parts coronavirus solutions, what it is, what it's done so far, and things we can do in the future. So Democrats such as Andrew Yang are doing a lot more than what Republicans are doing at this moment. They want to make it, they want to make it monthly, as Andrew Yang puts it, or Bernie Sanders, who has been a constant supporter of the Green New Deal, which would cost $93 trillion. So approximately, you know, if this bill costs anywhere from $1 to $2 trillion, that could be 91 times what we are seeing this bill cost, which would completely bankrupt our economy. Republicans and Democrats are working desperately to figure out how we're going to pay for this. This is not something that you would be able to do if you were to try and support the Green New Deal, which is 93 times the cost of this, and to do what? To wipe out the economy even more. At least this is to do something to try to bring back up the economy because of the dramatic measures it's taken. So another reason why Republicans are in are you know a huge supporter of this bill is because of you know action that the government has already taken. So many states and we'll get into some other episodes about that, but many states are shutting down, such as California, New York, and Illinois. Now, if you start to think about it for a second, it really doesn't make sense to suggest that your businesses, non-essential businesses have to shut down and that's it. If you were a business, how would you feel right now? If the government told you that you had to shut down your business, you didn't do anything wrong, but you're going to shut down your business and you're not going to get anything. Well, in most cases, you're actually going to go bankrupt. And then you're even you're in an even worse situation because you have to let go of your workers who now are jobless. And this is many economic economists are freaking out because the coronavirus, if we don't change the specific parts of our U.S. policy towards the coronavirus, our unemployment rate could reach anywhere from 20 to 30 percent, which is massive. That is a massive number and something that Trump has actually been able to brag about in the future because of how low the unemployment rate has been. So it's not fair to suggest that businesses have to shut down and you're not going to give them anything in return. Now, obviously, this is different if Say you're at a restaurant, government can tell you to shut down if you're selling poisonous food that kills people. But in this case, businesses aren't doing anything wrong, and we'll get to whether asking these businesses to shut down is a good thing or not. But to then say that you don't get anything in return, we're not going to help you at all, is going to, one, many workers will lose their job. Two, many of these businesses will go out of business, which in no way, shape, or form is going to help the economy, plunging the economy down lower than what we've seen in a long time, which could not create a recession, but a depression. Now, so it makes sense in times like these, like I've suggested other times, including war, you know, pandemic, all these sorts of situations where you do need to provide money to help causes such as these. Now again, should we be making this permanent? Of course not. If this was permanent, you would easily bankrupt the economy. And as we get into this more, many Republicans aren't a fan of big government. And is this actually creating a bigger government? We'll get into that in some more 
episodes. So you may ask, hey, James, what about, you know, what about normal times? Now, the thing I will say about that is not only, you know, or for example, you know, some states have not been shut down yet. Now, the reason why you still need money to help these businesses is to help these people is because what, where you're not shutting down businesses, the CDC is recommending that people stay home. Now, in the CDC, when the government, when government organizations recognize these types of things, recommend, uh, recommend different policies to the American people, you obviously need to help and support them in their decision. So, just because your business isn't shutting down doesn't mean that you shouldn't provide aid to these companies. This is a one-time thing. It, it costs a lot of money, and that's why you wouldn't be able to do it again, or you'd not only bankrupt the economy, but you'd also bankrupt the government. Now, before we get into some of the reactions a little bit more, I would like to talk about a separate option, tax breaks. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to suggest that we should have done this instead, but just another idea that Republicans could consider going into the future. If you are to eliminate sales tax, property tax, all, all sorts of taxes that the government collects instead of providing massive checks to everyone. Now, the reason why this might be an interesting idea is because instead of giving money to everyone, you're giving them tax breaks. Now, this wouldn't be permanent, of course, but you're getting that money back but but citizens, businesses aren't relying on the government for this. They're not relying on money coming from the government. They're just using, keeping, and spending the money in the American system, the, the money they're able to keep. So that's another solution that Republicans can consider. Some of them have, I presume, have already supported at this point. But this is the biggest bill that was going to help the economy, and Democrats decided to fail them. So sadly, or yeah, sadly, this bill was not able to pass because of some Democrats, you know, even though this was a bipartisan bill, but because some Democrats voted against it as as Nancy Pelosi came in and said that we need to make way for a 2.0 bill of this, which we'll get into in a second. But this would provide relief for families that Democrats voted against. So Steve Scalise I, I can't say names. For some reason, when I'm on the show, I cannot pronounce names. Anyway, he said, Now is not the time for politics. Senate Dem, Dems and Nancy Pelosi's need to quit playing political games and support the coronavirus relief bill that they co-wrote in the first place. Enough is enough. Lives are at stake. The economy is at stake. Families and workers need help now. Now, he's exactly right on this. This bill would help many Americans and many businesses stay afloat during this crisis, during this pandemic where the government is shutting everything down. The family family and workers need help. The economy needs help. It's at 33, minus 33% at this point. And lives are at stake. That is another true fact. If we go into another Great Depression, you have to consider the lives that are at stake, the quality of life in America at that point. There's a lot of things that need to be done and taken action now before things get any worse. And when Democrats decide to vote against you know, something like this to try to revise the bill to add things that they want inside, it's completely partisan, completely political, and a nasty thing to do. Uh, Guy Benson said, talking to some Senate GOP sources, they seem stunned and angry. 
I'm told there are lots of bipartisan input into the legislative outline and emerging specifics, including an agreement in principle on broad strokes. Then Pelosi showed up and threw a partisan grenade. One source thinks Democrat leadership decided crisis provide big opportunity to pack goodies into bill into the bill, so bipartisan process momentum broke down. Economics believes that there is no time for partisan standoff, but here we are again. Democrats counting on media cover and corporations talking point. So again, you know, now we have some more details which we'll talk to in a second. But one thing that Democrats saw is, hey, this is a bipartisan bill. This is something that we need now. So Nancy Pelosi decided, let's add some things into this bill to make it better for them in their mind and to put Senate Republicans, you know, between a rock and a hard place. Do I vote for this bill that would still provide what I voted for in the original place? But there's also things in this bill that we can't have. Now, this is completely partisan and completely irritating on both sides. Here's what Brian Riedel had to say. The Senate Democrats just engaged in one of the most cynical displays of partisanship I have ever seen in the U.S. Senate. They let Pelosi blow up a partisan bipartisan agreement, and they'll get away with it, too, by denying that it was in the agreement. And then Mitch McConnell also responded, after the bill by saying this. The American people are watching this spectacle. I'm told the futures market is down 5%. I'm also told that that's when trading stops. So the notion that we have time to play games here with the American economy and the American people is utterly absurd. So I want to explain what just happened. Our good friends on the other side would not have been disadvantaged one bit if this vote had succeeded because it would have required potentially 30 more hours of discussion during which these seemingly endless negotiations could go on as long as they would like. Now the build-up to this, so everybody fully understands, is that we had a high level of bipartisanship in five different working groups over the last 48 hours where members who were participating were reaching agreement. And then all of a sudden, the Democratic leader and the Speaker of the House shows up. And we're back to square one. So we're fiddling here fiddling with the emotions of the American people, fiddling with the markets, fiddling with our health care. The American people expect us to act tomorrow. And I want everybody to fully understand, if we aren't able to act tomorrow, it'll be because of our colleagues on the other side continuing to dicker when the country expects us to come together and address this problem. Now, I changed my vote, which gives me the opportunity to move to reconsider at a later time. That's all I can do in the face of this obstruction. Look, I can understand obstruction when you're trying to achieve something. This obstruction achieves nothing, nothing whatsoever, other than prevent us from getting into a position where there are literally 30 more hours that they could use to 
continue to dicker. So at a time when the country is crying out for bipartisanship and cooperation, and we saw that over the last 48 hours when regular members of the Senate, not in the leadership office, not in the Speaker's office, for goodness sake, she's the Speaker of the House, not the Speaker of the Senate. We don't have one. We were doing just fine until that intervention. So I want the American people to fully understand what's going on here. The markets are already reacting to this outrageous nonsense. We have an obligation to the American people to deal with this emergency and to deal with it tomorrow. And if we don't, I want everybody to fully understand, you've seen everybody who's on record, I've conspicuously avoided trying to turn this into any kind of partisan effort for two days. But it's pretty clear what's going on here. And we'll have this cloture vote again at some point of my choosing. And hopefully some adults will show up on the other side of the room and understand the gravity of the situation and the need to act before the markets go down further and the American people become even more depressed about our lack of ability to come together under the most extraordinary circumstances. We've never been confronted with anything like this before. Totally different. And we're not immune to it in terms of the public health risk. Coronavirus has hit the Senate today as well. We have five members. Five members in self-quarantine. So everybody understands the emergency, particularly when it hits close to home, not just back in our states, but right here in the Senate. So I would say to my colleagues on the other, other side of the aisle, step up. Step up. Help us reach an agreement so we can do what needs to be done for the American people no later than tomorrow. All right, so that's what Mitch McConnell had to say about this, right about many points. I mean, at this point in time with the coronavirus, you really don't want to make this partisan, because guess what? That's just going to make it harder. It's going to trust in the Congress, trust in Congress even less than what it is right now. You need to get stuff done. American people are waiting for you to get stuff done provide relief to help during the coronavirus and this had to be stopped by democrats again so the daily wire reports the democrats led by speaker of the house nancy pelosi democrat from california pulled an 11th hour political move sunday night voting to pull a massive coronavirus recovery package after spending days negotiating with republicans and top administration officials in order to produce their most hastily constructed stimulus bills packed with handouts to democratic constituencies the move angered americans who were desperate to find some solace in social and economic quarantine and incensed senate republicans who spent days at the bargaining table with prominent democrats like senator chuck schumer democrat from new york and senator dick durbin democrat from illinois under the impression that they were hammering out a mutually acceptable bipartisan stimulus package that could get money to individual americans quickly while 
while preserving some funds for businesses that could suffer long-term financial harm. Pelosi, who had been on research recess, sheltered in her home district, returned to Washington, D.C. Sunday night and, and upended the process, ordering Senate Democrats to res- restrict voting, k- kill the bill, and make way for a second stimulus package, which will hit the House floor at 2 p.m. Eastern Time Monday. At the time of this recording right now, that bill has not come out, so we won't talk about it, although we'll talk about some of the contents. Early reports on the Democrats' bill show a piece of legislation packed with handouts, bailouts, and cash offerings to the Democrats' top constituencies, as well as provisions demanding enforcement of the Green New Deal, easing voting restrictions, and strengthening union alleys. Town Hall's Guy Benson reported Monday that the bill contains unprecedented collective bargaining powers for unions, increased fuel emission standards for airlines, and expansion of wind and solar tax credits, all items totally unrelated to the bill's purpose. Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell appeared to confirm those additions in a fiery floor speech Monday, accusing Democrats of bringing the country to an economic standstill. Now, he's actually, this is absolutely right. Just played the clip for you. Mitch McConnell seemed pretty mad that this did not pass to try to make this as bipartisan as possible and for Democrats to make it seem like it was bipartisan so they could get this passed and help the American people. But no, Nancy Pelosi had to come in at the 11th hour, like they said, and ruin this bill. Now, why are they doing this? It's because of, you know, you need collective action right now. So Democrats are taking advantage of this to put in things that they want into the bill that Republicans either vote on to say yes and get it through to provide that funding that they originally voted for, but to also include things that they didn't want that Democrats took it advantage of, or they could not vote for it. And then you don't have the funding that you need to provide to the American economy, to the American people, to small businesses that would further hurt, further hurt everyone and potentially lead us not, not only into a recession, but possibly a depression, which would be incredibly dangerous. So, so foul play by the Democrats. Before we go today, let's talk about some of the things that are actually sneak peeks and some of the things that um, are actually probably or are included in the bill at this point as someone was able to get a hold of some of the contents of the bill. So the Daily Wire continues. Other provisions of the Democrats' bill reportedly include a student loan bailout up to $30,000 per borrower and a limit on evictions, foreclosures, and deportations. Other unconfirmed reports note that Pelosi plans to include all provisions exercised from earlier attempts at at politicizing the stimulus bill, including a handout to abortion providers unrestricted by the Hyde Amendment, which prevents taxpayer dollars from going directly to fund abortion services. This is incredibly nasty, unfair partisanship by Nancy Pelosi. I mean, seriously, the fact that she would do this is sickening and saddening at the same time. Nancy Pelosi took advantage of this, decided let's put some green new de- enforcement of the Green New Deal, including increased fuel emission standards for airlines. Now, airlines aren't doing very well now because no one wants to go on a plane. One thing that I'm sure would help airlines is if you tell them, restrict what their planes can do and, and, and uh, be fueled by even more. That is not going to help at all. If you think that's going to help, which they don't, 
It, it doesn't make any sense. All, they're trying to do this to get things that they normally wouldn't be able to get past to be passed, which is nasty, dirty partisanship and incredibly irritating. The fact that they would include abortion, you know, stuff, possible abortion uh, resolutions and bills into that is disgusting. I mean, me personally, you know me on abortion, as I've talked about it on the show before, because they included that abortion part, if I was in the Senate, I wouldn't be able to vote for it, even though I'd want to provide that funding for others. So the fact that they would take advantage of that is completely, truly partisanship and probably, a, it, definitely a terrible move by the Democrats. And so far, what I've seen, the, the most disgusting thing they could have done at this point. So that's it for this episode of The James Wilson Show. My name is James Wilson, and stay tuned for Give Me Liberty Shorts on coronavirus and another episode tomorrow. Thanks for listening.